0: Welcome, Paul. It's so great to see you.
1: Good morning, Paula. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. So excited to chat with you about your mindfulness experience. And I know a bit about your story, but uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more and also hearing about uh, what you're up to these days. So,
1: Okay, so where to start, (laughs) I guess.
0: So why don't we start at the beginning? So what was your first experience of mindfulness when did you come across whether maybe not the word but this concept of being present and that being a powerful thing can you tell us a bit about yeah, that? yeah
1: it's um it's ironically the first time I started practicing mindfulness I wasn't even mindfully aware of that's what I was doing so I was 10 years old as a uh, cross-country skier um, learning to you know navigate the world of this endurance sport. And we would be training myself, my teammates, my coach for a big event every year out in uh, Quebec, two day ski event. And the coach was into sports psychologists and, and psychology and he had us doing a lot of breath work, focusing work, um, but really what it was was understanding the body scan. So we're learning to do breathing and body scan all under the, the mask of performing well in the realm of sport. So, you know, fast forward, um, you know, 10, 15 years from that point, I was starting to explore yoga as a triathlete at that stage of my, my athletic career. I was doing a lot of swimming biking and running, and I was looking kind of, again, for that performance edge of flexibility um, and started to practice hot yoga. Mm. And it was in one of the first couple of hot yoga classes, I always say the, the, almost like the anvil or the hammer dropped. And it was just, just a whole different way of connecting with my body. I was doing something very physical. It was very challenging. Hot yoga studios are probably close to 50 uh, degrees centigrade. Um, And it just pulled me into a different level of mindfulness. So when I started to walk away from the yoga studio and get back into my day to day, I kept thinking to myself, like, what can I apply from the yoga mat into my day to day life? And it just, things just escalated uh, from there. So I started to learn about being more present when I was swimming, feeling the water mm. more, feeling the water over my body, um, just little things like that and breath work. So it was really being more conscious of my breathing when I was running. Am I breathing through my mouth? Am I breathing through my nose? Am I taking mm. shallow breaths? So over the journey of my athletic career, I was just always in these moments of being able to practice mindfulness. But it was always a physical aspect of mindfulness. Never, I'm just not wired to sit down and you know, breathe for 10 minutes. It's just it's just not me, right? Um, but it started to expand, you know, just being able to be present when there's complete chaos around you you're kind of, you're able to take a step back in, in, your, mm. in your mind and just be fully present and focus on what's in front of you. So I've been able to integrate that all throughout my athletic career. But then I started to integrate it into my professional world in leadership and organizational development. And I've had different portfolios under that overall encompassing um, per, a career path. But I also started to integrate more wellness into my leadership development programs and teaching leaders mindfulness in the way that I learned it, not necessarily through a wellness lens, but from a a leadership lens. Like, how do you be more present, more focused as a leader when there's constant distractions, everything happens. So I was kind of taking the knowledge from the, the, I always say from the yoga mat, repackaging it into, you know, what organizations and businesses really needed from their leaders. Mm. Um, and it's, and again, it's, it's a journey that never ends. It's constant, constantly, um, evolving. So, you know, present day, I still practice yoga. I'm still a fairly competitive athlete in the world of endurance sport. I do a lot of ultra distance running where you you have to be mindful there's no way around it when you when you get on the trails i was racing a couple of years ago in the yukon territory and you know 80 kilometer trail race through the boreal forest you have to be mindful of everything around you whether it's grizzly bears or or, or side of a mountain like it it really pulls you into the, the here and now so it's always um it's always there and it's almost like Switch now that I can consciously turn on and turn off Mm. sometimes, right?
0: Yeah, I love that. It's it sounds like almost unexpectedly you came across it when you were young. Yeah, whoa, it's almost like there's this whole other dimension like turning a light on. And what's interesting is that you didn't have to sit down for long periods of time to do this, it just no, through yeah, through just being present in your activities and connecting to your breath was really important. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. I, I like to call myself kind of a day to day practitioner. Okay. Right? So I haven't gone mm-hmm. through the formal yoga training or anything like that. I, I don't think I've taken a, a workshop around mindfulness. It's always been something physical. Like I said, yes, it was, it was on the yoga mat where I will really, everything really started to come together. Um, and I kind of took it for granted going back to my earlier like preteens and teenage years as an athlete about what I was learning Till about 10 years ago, I was talking to another sports psychologist and he kind of stopped me midway conversation. He said, Paul, you take things for granted. And I said like, what do you mean, Peter? He said, like you learned all these wellness and mindfulness skills at a really young age mm-hmm. that are now, they're not nice to have their needed skills whether yes it's at work whether it's on your commute to and from work or whether it's in relationships too like it's you know especially as we're coming out of COVID you know people are still kind of you know feeling things out and just you know this whole whole new world is unfolding at a rapid pace so having that skill to be mindful yeah just even listening to the breath sometimes just not adjusting it, but just huh, it's a little shallow, interesting. Yes. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, it, it sounds like there's this connection to the body that was really, really important. And that's been my experience too, right? Because the mind can be in so many different places. And then yeah. that's when we get overwhelmed, right? What's been your experience in terms of? calming the mind or you know when you get overwhelmed how do you how did you use that whether it was like you know i I would assume in in a race there's like a lot of anxiety around am i gonna win am i not who else is here and then maybe also if you translate it into the leaders that you work with in the day-to-day like there's just so many deliverables and so many people who need your attention yeah so what's the connection between those two like the mind and then The the mindfulness
1: in the body. I I think for me, a big part of that comes from my time learning and practicing sports psychology, because in that world, it takes in the mindfulness, the wellness, obviously, but also it it packages it in a way that turns into performance. So every time you're at a start line, you know, it's you do have the butterflies, but you're aware of it Mm -hmm. and you're mindful of it. And you can channel that energy into being productive, uh-huh. right? And it happens all the time. We're, we're human, right? Um, I remember, you know, after years of being a competitive endurance athlete, I entered into this big Centurion bike race. There must have been 3,000 cyclists at the start line. And I was nervous. And I could just tell by just standing there in the the big corral of all these cyclists. Like we're elbow to elbow. And it's, you know, it's potentially dangerous. It's exciting. There's all sorts of emotion. But I could see I was holding on to my handlebars, not moving. And they were shaking back and forth. just like this. I could see the wheel kind of doing this. So I literally just a few deep breaths, refocused. The energy's still there, but I started to redirect it. And and I'm able to catch that before it really goes um, Mm -hmm. too much out of control. So it's, it's, Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, in the, the workplace working with leaders, even just, you know, being mindful is one thing, but understanding, you know, our thoughts and the stories we tell ourselves are not reality. Right. And a lot of those stories and thoughts, when we run with them start to appear in stress, start to come up in our physicalness, right? Our you know, our emotion is really driven a lot by our, our thinking, or in a lot of cases, overthinking and overthinking on things we really could just put aside in our mind. Yeah. So it's it's being able to capture those uh, moments. I remember working with a leader a few years back getting them ready to do big presentations and it was just like a 30 second almost a, a self-check so I, I rarely call it a mindfulness it's just a self-check see where your, you know your your mind is at see where your breathing is at you know are you because you want to be kind of calm in those performance states mm-hmm. and then you go in whether it's a big meeting or a presentation whatever it is you've kind of already done that that pre-prep work
0: yeah, that's that's really helpful. So when you're going into a charged environment or uh, event, it could be a race or it could be a big presentation to just take that that moment to check in and almost if you have nervousness or, or scattered thoughts to kind of rechannel them yeah. into yeah. how you can use them in the moment. That's very empowering. So it's not like you have to get rid of the thoughts because you can't it's just there
1: they're there yeah right? yeah it, it's the weight and intention that you give those thoughts right so right. very often we want to catch ourselves before we go down a spiral mm-hmm. so you know a lot of times you know when, when we see conflict in the workplace it's usually two people or even two teams have gone down spirals thinking mm-hmm. i'm right they're wrong You know, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And it's all really, you know, that that thinking that's gone astray.
0: Yeah. And how would somebody deal with that? Say you have a leader who says, well, you know, this other team, they're not following the direction and it's causing me a lot of stress. And um, how would you help them through that? Like if they think it's their the other team's fault.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so I it's it's <laughs> interesting. I'd say like conflict resolution is, is not kind of my my niche, but I right. often encourage leaders just to be with themselves and understand mm-hmm. their own thinking of okay, why are you thinking this? You know, with you know, fact versus reality and this almost walking them, coaching them through taking taking a, a step back.
0: Yeah. And you know,
1: it's that, it's that saying, you know, just I just need to gain perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's surrendering the voices, which are usually driven by the ego, and being able to put that aside. So I'm fortunate, you know, I'm finding more and more leaders in organizations that are starting to practice mindfulness on their own and encouraging them to bring it into the workspace. So there's yeah. a saying in leadership development, leaders bring the weather. Yes. So, you way. know, if we can get, you know, senior leaders on board, understand mindfulness, well, wellness in the workspace, what it means to organizational performance at all different levels, whether it's revenue, whether it's employee retention, employee engagement. There's so many metrics that it impacts in a positive way that if we can start to create the culture to allow this to flourish, it will start to permeate.
0: Yeah, it's a really exciting time, isn't it? Because yeah. I feel like even before the pandemic, um, it wasn't so accepted to to do mindfulness or to take time to, you know, check in with yourself or something like who has time for that. Yeah. But maybe it was in part, I'm curious to hear your experience that the pandemic it almost went too far. I think people were, my experience seeing what was going on is that people were in kind of like a fight or flight, like, let's do more because let's just like keep doing and keep working so that we can kind of get through this. And then and then it just kind of all fell apart. Like it was just too much. And people were saying, whoa.
1: Yeah, that's-
0: yeah, <laughs> But I don't know I, if that's what you experienced.
1: I, I, I saw it on multiple levels. Like I, I think for some people, again, personality types are very different. Mm-hmm. That frantic working that you're mentioning was, was a way for them to deal with that anxiety or that uncertainty, right. So typically when something's out of our control, we immediately want to do things that gives us a sense of control and autonomy, right. over a situation. So it was a very unknown virus three years ago, right. Mm -hmm. We were, oh yeah, we're going to be locked down for two or three weeks, maximum. Two years later, right. We finally start to come around back to, normality but that people yeah were getting burnt out leaders i definitely saw a lot of leaders um getting burnt out but then the positive was i think it sped up the the need for wellness and people's wellness practice in the space so you know you'd have a group of people that were doing the frantic work for about six months and then realized that's it can't do it anymore shifted more to uh, a blended approach between work and personal life. Um, but it also instilled and taught people a lot of skills that we see carried over now into this new hybrid workspace, for mm-hmm. example, like that, that fell of that. Um, the first year during COVID, you know, there was an executive leader that I worked with. He literally said, Wednesday mornings, no meetings, it's all about personal time. And he made mm-hmm. that right across the board, and again, top down, right? Leaders bring the weather. He put an emphasis on Wednesday morning is all about wellness. So it could be something physical, it could be something, you know, professional development related, but something that would just get people shifting their mind away from work and away from this unknown virus. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. It is such an exciting time post-pandemic because it's almost like we we were doing things one way we were in a box and then the box kind of like exploded (laughs) and now what do we do and it it's interesting to see people using their schedules in strategic ways because it could also be for creative time right like if you're just putting out fires and and you know responding to emails all the time where's your time to kind of plan strategize collaborate think of new ideas solve problems so do you see people carving out some time for that working in different ways or uh, or is there also a divide between people that want to do new things versus like an old guard that's trying to put us back in the box
1: I, I think there's a, I think there's a mixture out there, right? I I, th- I think the good old days are gone. Not that good old days were ever good, right? Every time I hear that, it's like you're you're time traveling, right? We mindfulness teaches us not to time travel, like don't mm-hmm. travel too far in the the future and don't travel in the back, right? Be present, and we're, we're in the midst of a big big transition, just not in you know the way we do work, but also just culturally, how, how we're gonna be living, working, re- building relationships too, right? There's mm. organizations are still trying to figure out what, what this new work will is gonna look like. There's no clear cut answer a, at this time, um, but you definitely see the trend to more of that hybrid blended work life uh, approach. And a lot of people realize they were spending way too much time commuting or they were spending yeah. way too much time, you know, in an office space that they were possibly getting distracted from doing great work. So there's all different um, stories and scenarios depending on the individuals, the organizations. But we we definitely see more of a swing to this, yeah. this hybrid digital uh, work world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So interesting.
1: Yeah, it and is. It's a great time to be in, in it.
0: Terms of, um the challenges the leaders are facing right now?
1: I, I think it, it, it goes back to looking at what this new work space, work world looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and every leader, every leadership team, you know, board of directors, there's a lot, a lot still to be discovered. Um, you know, some, some organizations and businesses can work hundred percent remote. Yeah. No question about it. you shift gears, you know, especially when we start to look at manufacturing and stuff like that, that's just not possible. So it's not a one size fits all uh, yes. workspace anymore. And, and I think when leaders understand that they're going to be able to take the pieces from each of the kind of the, the workspaces and craft their own unique um, business model that operates well for them.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting that there's not a one-size-fits-all because it's almost like we're growing up, right? I got this this image of like when we're all kids and we were told like go to school at this time <laughs> and now it's like we're growing up. We need to figure out like what are my needs as an employee and how do I communicate those? How do I work best? What are my needs as an organization? Like if I'm a, a leader, of a particular team or group or division, to to check in, right? We need it's like almost like mindfulness, not just for ourselves, but for our communities, our organizations, our workplaces. How do we work best? Like who's here and how do they work best? And and just because like this company is doing that, that might work well for them, but it yeah. might not work for us. And it, it requires a level of of maturity, right? And of introspection. That I think we didn't have so much before. It was just like this is the model
1: of yeah, productivity. It. <laughs> yeah. But again, just work
0: it, more. Just w- keep working.
1: <laughs> yeah, and work harder.
0: Harder. Harder.
1: Yeah. One of the uh, mindfulness skills I teach leaders is, you know, through my mindfulness practice is the ability to have meta awareness. So you've got that ability to kind of rise above everything and see where everything's at. So you're, mm-hmm. you're disassociating the overthinking, the emotions, the stories, you know, stories of the past, stories of the future, and just understand what's, what's going on. Yes. And they connect better to their, their team members, their clients all across the board when, when they have that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So meta awareness, being able to see what's going on and What what do leaders need to do to get into that state? You know, because is it is it difficult, and is it also a a case by case sort of thing to figure out what what allows you to be clear enough and present enough yourself to to then offer that to your teams?
1: Yeah, I I think again, this even pre COVID, it always goes back to self care. So in, in leadership, you know, great leaders, they, they always have a unique formula for themselves. But the, the pattern that follows, it's the the inside out approach, right? You, we have to be able to lead ourselves first before others. It's very mm-hmm. a cliche thing, but there's a lot of science now behind that. And part of self-leadership is understanding your, your wellness and what are the things that have to be happening in order for you to be a great leader and Mm -hmm. all that is is coming back down to to mindfulness right being able to understand um just the the power of the mind power of the breath Um, i remember years ago reading about richard branson you know owns i don't know how many companies under the, the brand virgin but he's notoriously known for closing his door and just having 15 20 minutes of meditation like just you know during the day boom do not disturb it works for him right yeah and so it's it's for each leader it's finding that ability to be mindful but then you have to also be able to incorporate a good sense of emotional intelligence yeah understanding that not everyone will be in that same space um and growth mindset right so growth mindset is all about mindfulness in a more applied way, like understanding the setbacks, being focused on the small steps that are taking you to get towards that larger goal, whatever it is, but there, there's different components that leaders draw on and able, to, and able to lead these more modern organizations.
0: Yeah, and the growth mindset is really interesting. Um, and almost counter-cultural a little bit, because it used to be all about results, right? It's like, you got to hit this result, and then how you get there is less important. But now we're paying attention to how we get there, whether yeah. we're growing. Yep. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Like how, what so is growth mindset, and how do you...
1: It's, it's always been around, but again, this was one of the the benefits of... COVID, right? We, we almost accelerated all these concepts and practices that were happening at a smaller scale into a much larger scale. So, um, yeah, it, to to your point, it was achieve this goal at any cost. It didn't matter how many bridges were burnt, how many people got, you know, terminated or or burnt out. We always want to know the how now, how did you go about doing this? Because it's, it's taken a toll. On organizations, like obviously they peel the layers back and understand the the revenue costs, but also in our societal organization, like what is the what is the toll that that has taken? And there's there's generations, right? There's generations of uh, people in the workplace. Um, They 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 often say the boomers were the most competitive generation, Mm -hmm. created a lot of silos. Um, you know, I'm a tail end gen Xer. So I kind of relate, I probably relate more to the millennials, but they bring more that work life balance, that more holistic humanistic approach to leadership. And yes. that's, that's almost, again, it's not new. I think the new part of it is actually putting it into practice. So yes. again, skills, theories, you know, we, we've talked about this before you can be certified in a certain thing but if you haven't practiced it, you haven't developed the skill um, but we're at a stage now where, yeah, we have to put this into practice. What does it look like? And keep refining it. And yeah, and again, it's, mm-hmm. as a high performance athlete, I learned that at a very young age, right? It was all about the small steps, all about the missteps, learning from them, getting back on course yeah yeah
0: yeah and it sounds like a lot of work right so a lot of people might say oh my god on top of my to-do list i have to learn to you know be meta aware and have a growth mindset but i think it also comes with a lot of benefits right both for not just for the organization and for the team but for the person uh you know for the actual leader themselves and their joy and enjoyment of of their life and their work and uh I'm curious, what what are some of the benefits you experience? You know, bringing your your skills, um, your mindfulness skills to your work, and also maybe some of the have you seen some stories from your clients where they started to say, "Whoa, this is actually a benefit to me. It's not just that it's good for the organization or for my
1: team." Yeah, I, I think um, for me. Just coming into sometimes a very chaotic situation with a mindfulness presence. So there's that whole, you know, you know, psychological theory around emotional contagency. Bring that into a situation. You don't have to say anything. It's literally just presence. And you mm-hmm. know, we we feel it even in a, a yoga studio. It's very you know contained, but it's being present. Um, it's being able to have that meta awareness. And to, to your point, yeah. A lot of these skills are hard to learn at first, but when we start to practice them, it becomes second nature. So I'm at a point now where it just it fluidly happens, right? It just I'm you know, it can just be it's a continuous stream. So investing the time up front, whether it's just practicing, what did they say? They say like 10 minutes a day of mindfulness, right? That's kind of your your entry point, and then let it let it grow from there. How does that roll out Um, and not not getting caught up in the swirl? Like literally if you can short circuit that thinking, the quicker you do that, the better you're going to feel the people around you will pick it up. And then the solutions more, the creative solutions, you know, whether they're five month solution or a five minute solution will start Mm -hmm. to to emerge.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Uh, And at first, I think you have to trust it, right? Like you got to try it out maybe for a little bit. And -hmm. the 10 minutes of mindfulness that you mentioned, just to go back to the beginning, it doesn't have to be in stillness, right? Like you could say, my when I'm walking to work, or when I'm eating my breakfast, I'm going to just pay attention to my breath or to what I'm doing or to the experience of of what I'm seeing and hearing and feeling yeah. and you do that. And at first it might feel clunky. It might feel like, well, am I doing this right? I don't know. It's like any skill, right? I like the analogy that people, if they start going to the gym to lift weights um, they're not going to be strong when they start. Like I got a lot of people say, well, I can't meditate or I can't do mindfulness because my mind is too busy. It's too distracted. So yes, it's like saying, I'm going to go, I can't go to the gym because I'm not strong. Well, you got to, You got to do the work. You got to lift the weights. You got to come back. You know, the mind goes and you bring it back and it goes and it bring it back. And you got to do that over and over. But then over time, you'll have the experience that, oh, something is shifting here. Something. There's something. And what's hard, I think, for people, especially in our work world where everything's about like data and tangible things, is that it's not something you can see you can measure it now because there is science around yeah. it but the feeling is something that you just experience right
1: mm-hmm. it's yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and others around you will experience it too mm-hmm. so you know you say you're a leader that you know was known for having a short fuse and then all of a sudden. Starts practicing mindfulness. I, yeah. I guarantee you, there'll be measurable results on employee experience survey about that leader six months down. Oh yeah, you know, so and so is way more approachable. Yeah. What, what did they do? They they didn't go off and do graduate work or anything like that. They simply started to practice some form of mindfulness that works for them. Yeah. Um, another thing I encourage leaders to do is remove the distractions. We are filled with distractions, you know, our, our our digital devices, our phones, um, are constantly having to respond to emails and there's a bit of an addiction to that, right? Whether it's a dopamine hit from, you know, likes on social media or just that adrenaline rush saying, you know, oh, I got through, you know, you know, a hundred emails today, but be mindful, what did you accomplish? How do you feel after that? There might have been a great adrenaline rush, right? Um, so understand what's what's distracting you from your meaningful work, and you know, building those meaningful relationships again with team members, with clients, with vendors, whoever, whoever it is, because we're all human, right? And we mm-hmm. all connect at a very fundamental level, and mindfulness will help you get there.
0: Yeah. And is there a little micro hit, like a little meditation or practice that you do when you are feeling distracted? And is that something you could tell us about and maybe even guide our listeners through?
1: Yeah, I, I think for me, it still comes back to body awareness. Okay. Right? Like sitting in a meeting and, you know, am I getting caught up in the the, the drama of the meeting or am I focused on what the meeting's really about, right? And being able to just snap in and out of that awareness stage, right? Or mm-hmm. if there's, there's tension brewing, where's my breath at, right? Yes. You know, because again, we're, we're, we're not saying, you know, every company and or every leader that practices mindfulness will be a perfect leader, right? Because we're, we're humans and we're imperfect. That's just the nature of our wiring. But understanding that awareness of where we're at and being able to take that mental step back. Um, very often after a busy day, I just kind of, just for a minute, understand, like, where's my mind at? If it's still mm-hmm. racing, I call it racing mind, still spinning, you know, what what can I do to unplug? Yeah. And again, it's not through digital devices. I think a lot of times we 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 were drawn to our digital devices for comfort for that hit of dopamine if if you're on any type of social media platform but it, it's really just game back to the simple things
0: yeah and coming back to to the body awareness mm-hmm. i hear you saying it's like yeah because the the devices will take us away our thoughts will take us away but we can come back and i love this idea that you can do it in the middle of a meeting like we can do it right now just to check in how's the body how's the breath yeah and that just and where's the mind? And that it that is really powerful for people because they might think, oh, I need to give up time to do this extra thing, but it's not. You're not giving up anything because it's a layer of awareness or even like of dropping back that you can do throughout your day.
1: Yeah. You don't. Have oh yeah. To, the, the, you don't the, need the, any extra the, time. Exactly. <laughs> the dropping back is. Um, yeah, that's that's a great descriptor. I mean even when i walk from you know the train to the uh, office it's about a 10 minute walk but it's on a busy street and in toronto Mm -hmm. it's very busy so you see a lot of people with their their phones right to their nose right they're completely unaware and it's just you know the practical side of my mind it's just it's safety but you can Mm -hmm. just walk being aware of traffic hazards you're not thinking about it you're just aware right you're not worried you know you're just aware of the sounds the the visual things like what are the cues right and just you're you're navigating your your way along a busy sidewalk crossing busy streets and that's mindfulness right you're sitting in a chair your your mind starts to wander how do you bring it back beautiful
0: is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Oh
1: gosh!
0: Anything about what you're doing now? What you're excited about?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm always looking for different ways to enhance uh, the mindfulness experience. So again, it's it could be work related. Um, you know, I started to do Ashtanga yoga, which is a different form than hot yoga, but. <laughs> i have no instructor now right so i have to be very mindful on the poses and understanding the flow from each pose to another pose so it's another challenge to build that mindfulness muscle and then my professional lens is so how do i take what i'm learning now in that you know yoga studios are a great incubation lab to, to practice mindfulness so how do I take that new knowledge off the mat and bring it into the day-to-day uh, world that we're in?
0: Yeah, beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Paul. It's been so great to be with you and very inspiring to hear how you're, you're bringing these practices to your day-to-day and helping our leaders and our organizations. Uh, and yeah, just looking forward to continuing to collaborating grow our mindfulness together.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for for having me. (laughs)